0: Welcome, welcome, founders. Again, first of all, let me let me uh, tell you this. Thank you so much for tuning in, signing up for YC Founder Stories. It means a lot to me. I'm just getting started with this podcast. I do have some other shows, but uh, every one of you really matters, and I really admire and appreciate for your giving your time to us. Uh, today, I have an exciting founder with me who went to YC. Uh, without further ado, uh welcome to the show, Catherine. How are you feeling today?
1: <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I'm glad to be here.
0: Awesome. Uh so yeah, let's do the, the the traditional set of questions first and then we can dive into the bonus content. So what is your startup idea?
1: Yeah, so we help pregnant parents keep stem cells from their umbilical cords and placenta via cryopreservation so that they can use it for future disease treatment.
0: That's awesome. And how uh, how did you come up with the idea?
1: Yeah. So my younger brother, he needed cord blood stem cells um, because he had cerebral palsy from a near drowning accident when I was three and he was one. Um, Mm. So I've always been adjacent to the space and just known about the promise of cord blood stem cells. Um, And as I've grown deeper and deeper into the space, Um, I realized that cord tissue and placenta stem cells were also a really um, rich resource for future disease treatment, Um, and likewise that most parents don't even know about the fact that you can save stem cells from all of these different resources. So I wanted to create um, a more accessible and comprehensive option for parents.
0: When did you get into YC?
1: uh W22 so it was around December 2021
0: What are the key elements to focus on when applying to YC <laughs>
1: Um I think it's honestly being concise like it's kind of interesting normally on podcasts I I tend to go into this whole narrative but I feel like because this is a YC focused podcast it's good to be on the more concise side Um, So, yeah, I would say for the applications, um, just like I I think traction is always better. I mean, it's not necessary, but I would say traction um, and then remaining concise and then same for the interviews.
0: Share your YC interview experience in one or two sentences.
1: My interview experience was short. All the interviews are short. Um, So you really just have to kind of have your concise answers at the ready um, and be ready to Respond to pretty much anything, um, so yeah, it, it was short.
0: <laughs> <laughs> how how did YC help you go from zero to one, and eventually to end?
1: I think through BookFace uh, and also access to the partners, there's just so much information at the ready that they can personalize whatever issue you're facing, whether that be like team decisions or investment decisions. Um, I think fundraising was probably one of the ways that YC was most impactful. They have Mm -hmm. a lot of resources in BookFace on how to reach out to folks also, who to reach out to. Um, So I think that that was like especially helpful to me
0: uh share uh, do things that don't scale one of the stories uh in your startup journey at anja health
1: yeah i'm um, making eight tiktoks a day for <laughs> nine months <laughs> um and yeah that's that's it and i'm still kind of doing it
0: it's awesome how did you get your first 1000 users
1: um by making eight tiktoks a day for nine months <laughs>
0: That's literally it. Uh, If you want to share like three tips for founders who are trying to get to YC, what would those be?
1: Um, I would say plan to have really fast progress. Like basically every chance that you get to check in with someone at YC, you should have a progress update. Um, Secondly, um, chat with other YC founders if you're going to do practice interviews, Um, and thirdly, don't doubt the value that YC has. I think, um, maybe this is kind of like a hot take or a flippant one, but I think my least favorite question from prospective founders is like, oh, is YC worth it? Like, it's kind of Mm -hmm. like, you don't even know if it's worth it or even if you, if you would even get in. So you might as well apply and just see, and then you can decide for yourself if it's worth it. But um, so I think that's a different story if you've already gotten in. But I get a lot of random questions from people around, like, is YC worth it? And it's kind of like, you don't even know if you have enough of something to be able to get in and consider if this is worth it. So it's it's not um, on me to defend YC's value. <laughs> like, obviously, it has value.
0: Mm-hmm. Last question before we dive into the bonus content. Uh, explain or uh, share with us how was the demo day went like? in, in probably like, you know, one or two sentences or, however. yeah, how it's points. also
1: quite fast. Um, I mean, you really just present one slide, um, and then afterwards, um, yeah, you get some follow-up. I think it's prudent for folks to kind of have somewhat of a process already going by the time demo day comes around. Um, mm. so demo day should just kind of be the cherry on top.
0: Hmm. Awesome. Now is the, I, uh, this is more, most exciting part for me, which is, uh, the bonus con where I personally asked like some <laughs> of the questions I prepared for you. Well, cool. talk to me about, uh, how much of a struggle is for you to educate parents. I haven't, I do, did, I don't even know that we can actually store the stem cells, you know, you have uh, kids? We, yeah, I have, I have, I have a two-year-old toddler. This was, um... I think, yeah, this was, so I found Anja Health after Ruhan, my two-year-old was born. This was like past, his uh, his you know birth and I was like, damn, I should have known this, you know. So <laughs> yeah. uh, we we passed that phase. Uh, that's when I found you. So for parents like me, I don't even know, and mm-hmm. that this problem is actually a problem. It's actually like life-threatening problem, right? Okay. So talk to me about the education piece. I know you you were doing the TikTok videos. That's all good, but on a serious note. How are you like approaching parents, any, any sort of initiatives that you do at Anja Health?
1: Yeah. Um, I think really accessible social media content is really helpful and being able to really engage with the community, like even down to like, if someone comments on my photo or on my videos, then I try to reply to them right away with another video so that it feels really personal and sort of like a one-on-one experience. Hmm. Um, beyond that, it's sort of meeting parents where they are. I think there's so many, yeah, there's just like a, quite a variety of people that come across us. Um, especially if they're from like yeah sort of less health educated background um then yeah. we definitely have slightly larger hurdles to overcome like we get some folks that um are just kind of like skeptical in general about American healthcare um like pre- pretty understandably i would say but in those cases especially we have like a lot um to explain mm-hmm. to them um mm. so yeah, it's just sort of meeting them where they are in terms of health education level, um, whether that be with like their providers or online. Um, yeah.
0: And uh what is the biggest biggest gap that you feel when you educate uh, you know, parents of any sorts, of any you know, any age groups? Um uh, how how is how number one, what is the gap that you see? Number two is how is Anja Health and you like making it a mission to like fill it?
1: Yeah, I would say the the biggest gap is um, finding parents that might be like more risk prone and still trying to get them to sort of understand the value of cord blood banking and placenta banking mm-hmm. um, and cord tissue banking as well. So Yeah. I mean, some parents I think are kind of like, oh, well, like what happens happens. Like it's fine. And they're more like risk prone. Um, so even in those cases, like I tell them about my personal family story, like my family was pretty risk prone too, I would say. Um, and in general didn't have like a large history of disease. Also like my, my brother and I are mixed race. So, Um, by nature Mm. of that, like my mom kind of didn't really anticipate that we would like have too many diseases. There were any red flags in like our prenatal journey or like her prenatal journey with us. Um, so. Mm. Yeah. There wasn't any like red flags for us to look out for, but then um, like because of a freak accident, my brother develops real palsy. So then my parents like always wish that they had additional safety nets. Um, and so I think cord blood mm. banking really is able to provide that. So it's really just about letting parents know that even if they are pretty risk prone, like this is still a good option to have because they could be sort of like my family um, where they would suddenly need cord blood stem cells and not have them.
0: Mm. and uh that's that's where one of the things i want to like kind of understand is that how do you debate uh, or how do you show the importance that hey this is like absolutely necessary right like uh how do you kind of uh i wouldn't say mm, convince but you're also in in the in the business right it's not like a charity for example so how do you put that question like hey this is absolutely necessary and you pay us (laughs) so how, how do you actually negotiate or like talk to these folks
1: yeah. Um, I usually tell them my, my family story. I think that really puts it into perspective for families. Um, I also try to get to know them and like their personal preferences, like if they are a more risk prone or risk averse parent. Um, and I talk to them about oh. all the different use cases and, um, there are potential use cases that like there, there's pretty much like always some sort of relatable use case. Like even if the family has no history of disease, for instance, um like cord Mm. blood stem cells and placenta stem cells have been used for um yeah even sort of like general anti-aging purposes or sports injuries so in those cases like Mm. it's kind of like you, you don't your family doesn't even need to have a history of disease or even a future of disease but you just need to know that this opens up potential options for your family in the future when it comes to their healthcare. Um, And it doesn't even have Mm. to be like the most dire use cases, but it could just be like an additional option. Like the image that I always like to think of is a physician always comes up with like a list of potential treatments or just like ways to go about something. And it's just kind of adding on like an additional checkbox for you that you can look at a stem cell treatment.
0: Right. And what are the common uh common like risk hours situations that you've you know you found in your experience? Like this is absolutely like, you know.
1: Uh yeah. Um I would say with yeah. family Yeah, go ahead.
0: No, no, go ahead, good.
1: Okay. Um, Yeah, I would say with families that test for certain genetic diseases, like we have a partnership with a company called Billion to One, and there are certain diseases that Mm. if parents um, prenatally test for, like sickle cell anemia, for instance, then um, the the genetic Mm. testing company Billion to One will actually cover the cost of cord blood banking with them. Um, so Hmm. yeah, in those cases, I would say like, definitely look at cord blood banking as an option, um, because you can most probably use the cord blood stem cells within the first year, um, of your baby's life. So there's a very immediate possibility.
0: Right. And talk to me about the business model. Like, how are you making money profit or how are you like, keep the lights on? Uh, number one, I do have like a follow-up, but I want to hear like, you know your take on the business model
1: yeah so we have a kit that parents can buy um i actually have it here this is our kit um so they can bring it with them to birth and essentially it contains all the materials that they need um, to collect stem cells. So that's $199. And then starting one month after birth, storage payments start. So it depends on what you've decided to store, but you can store the cord blood, cord tissue, or also the placenta. Um, and our most popular mm. is to do all three because then you get the greatest volume and variety of stem cells. So depending on those, it's um, yeah. $49.79 or $99 a month. And it covers 20 years mm. of storage, but you only pay for eight years um, so that way they're essentially 12 years with no payments and then you can choose to renew and you can also choose to pay mm. some of those payments more upfront if you'd like. Um, like you can pay 20% of it upfront for a discount or you can pay all of it upfront for an even greater discount. So, um, yeah, that's the the business model.
0: That's awesome. And how did you convince YC to invest in or like pick you when you're doing the, the interview? What are the... What was like the conversation like and what are the counterpoints they asked and you kind of like answered them?
1: Um they were really interested in just sort of like the possibilities of research around this. Um and so they just asked me a lot about like the history of research with cord blood, um core tissue and placenta stem cells and the future of it. And then they inquired about um sort of like my personal experience. I think team is really important to YCE. So like my family's connection to the industry, I think was really crucial. Um, and yeah, it was, it was, it was quite science focused. Um, and I would say like in general, because Serbi, one of my partners, she was a young female Mm -hmm. founder as well, and also a solo founder. And she just has like exposure to motherhood as well as, um, just like the scientific, Mm. like women's healthcare space. Um, so hmm. she knew that it. I think it was just a matter of like whether or not they believed that the science could be applied to a scalable business. Um. So then they were just betting hmm. the the science. And
0: have you have you? I'm. I do not know. I'm assuming that you must have gotten some of the rejections as well. Uh, if yes, what would what would the things that they didn't believe in that you had like a strong conviction towards?
1: Yeah, I think similarly, like they either didn't understand the science or like didn't believe that it could be applied to a scalable business or they had talked to parents who like didn't move forward with this. Because I think that those are the more like risk prone parents um, or Mm. those that maybe like couldn't afford it as well. Um, And so if they met parents that like hadn't done this, then I think. Had cast some doubt on it. Um, but yeah, pretty much most of them were just like, I didn't feel confident enough in the science or like they themselves didn't feel like they were scientifically inclined enough to understand the science. Um, so right. yeah, a lot of it was around like the science behind the company.
0: Uh, you, I think Alexis Ohanian, I think uh, 776 is an investor in Anja Health, if I'm not wrong. Uh,
1: yeah.
0: Or if it, is it initialized or 776?
1: Yeah,
0: seven seven six. Okay, perfect. How is it working with him? I think he's one of the uh, one of those founders in slash investors who always look for cutting edge startups and doing mm-hmm. high impact, you know, uh, founders like yourself. Uh, so how is it like working with him? What was the experience like?
1: Yeah. I mean, he has like a really amazing network. So if he himself doesn't know the answer to something, then he'll refer out to his network to find you the answer, which I think is really valuable. I also really appreciate that he kind of drives his own VC fund with um, metrics. So like he tweets Mm -hmm. a lot about this, but they have Cerebro um, and within that like Agra and all these different features. And they track a lot of metrics, like how many questions they've received from founders, how many, like, answered questions, how many intros they've done. So there are all these different metrics that allow them to really hold themselves accountable to making sure that they are providing value constantly. Um, So Hmm. I really respect that about him and just 776 in general. Um, And, yeah, I think he just tries to be, like, super founder friendly. He's not one to, like, follow um signal or noise honestly mm-hmm. he just kind of like moves forward with i think what he believes is right and so i really respect that about mm-hmm. him too
0: i like that and let's go back to yc days i wanna like ask some of the questions uh during the the three month period uh when you went to yc do you have like an mvp since it's such a different problem to tackle right like how did you a number one prove that is there a software behind it? I think you were holding a kit. What was your approach of building an MVP and go, go to market and then, like, you know, scale? What yeah, was like was, that during YC?
1: Yeah, during YC, yeah. It was a lot of setting up the supply chain happened before YC, but that was kind of the first step. Um, then it was about really, like, micromanaging a lot of our user experience and having constant touch with our users. And, like, I was the one... Um, like managing our customer service essentially for like the first 200 Mm. customers. Um, so I think that was really crucial to me learning about the user experience. Um, and I pretty much think like the founder should be doing everything themselves first before hiring for it. Um, and then when you hire for it, you should try Mm. to hire someone that can do it better. Um, so Mm. yeah, that was pretty much my approach to scaling and thinking about the team um, and then, yeah, putting out a lot of media. I previously ran a consultancy for small businesses and startups. And um, my my first recommendation was always like get online, start talking about this, like people love to relate to like the founder themselves and like m- more deeply understand sort of the ethos behind the company. So um, yeah, I took my the advice that I gave all of my clients um, and just started making my own media.
0: That's awesome. Uh, I think modern way to... Uh, put yourself out is by creating media. Be it a podcast, be it a social social channel or anything. And you be on top of like everybody's feed, you know, for example. Mm -hmm. Uh, Creating that kind of value noise is really important. I I like the way you put it. Uh, Anja Health is kind of like a, it's not like a typical traditional SaaS or, you know, a, a startup that usually we see in, in a day-to-day basis, right? In Valley, yeah. for example. Uh, how are you differentiating yourself in not just with, uh, I don't know if there is competition. That's one, number one. How are you differentiating with your competition? Number two, there is like a flood of sexy things that happen outside, you know? Uh, when I say like consumer products, for example, like, you know, the, those are like very fast, fast growing and whatnot. So how do you keep up with that type of competition when you create content as well as your own, you know, competition, you know?
1: Yeah, well, I think, um, I mean, the the way we differentiate from our competitors in the industry is um, price is one. So we're about 30% cheaper. We also offer payment options. And I think our information in general Mm -hmm. is more accessible. Um on the back end we also do manual processing of the stem cells. So we're able to really mm. manually by hand our lab techs are processing every umbilical cord and placenta mm. that comes to the lab. Um and it's not kind of run through a machine, which allows us to personalize the approach and even maximize stem cell count because um in the case of like really low cord blood volume or like a particularly small umbilical cord or a small placenta, then they're able to like really by hand um, process Mm. it. And so that's another way we differentiate. Um, and then, yeah, we, I think our community and media is just like a big part of what we're able to do. And that's a large part of the, um, really accessible information piece too. So, um, yeah, but I think uh, in general, um, just the concept of like being able to freeze your umbilical cord and placenta for its stem cells is so novel that, um, Mm. I, I actually don't feel like I have to do too much to like, spruce up the content because that in itself is just so such a new concept to so many people that um it almost right. like inherently has a sense of novelty baked in
0: right i like that and the other thing is you kind of also faced the problem by yourself so there is like that empathy bit that will add on top of you know when you create content so it feels much more authentic than Something that you kind of like, you know, feed into other people's mind. So I feel, you know, I think you're you're doing amazing work on on the social front. Uh, last question: What is an ambitious goal you're chasing when you're building an- Anja Health?
1: Yeah. um, The ambitious goal is to touch 10% of births in the US. Um, So I want to get to a point where like 10% of people that are giving birth every day um, are at least like considering um, the option of cord blood banking. I think so many parents give birth and never even hear about it. So I feel like if we could even make Mm -hmm. sure that everyone at least like hears about it and is exposed to it to some degree, then we're able to, um, yeah, like really... Help them feel more confident in their birth choices.
0: I love that. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm rooting for you, and you're doing great work. <laughs> yeah. uh, thanks, Catherine. Thanks for joining the show, and appreciate you like for sharing all the insights, the tactical like you know uh, advice for founders and the amazing things you do. Right, it's it's so inspiring that you know sometimes I feel uh, some of the products I build personally when I compare they are nothing before like the products that you're building, like people like you, which are actually life-changing, right? Like, so it it, it always inspires like people uh, to go one extra mile, you know, and uh, do much more impactful work. So thank you for sharing your story with us today. And any closing thoughts before we wrap up?
1: But yeah, I would just say, I mean, even if it doesn't seem like the products you're building are impactful, like you never know what, what kind of a difference it could make. Like I, I remember reading this Twitter thread by Brianne Kimmel. She talks about how um, her when she was a kid and I think her, her dad had leukemia, um, she like looked to gaming for a lot of her happiness while her dad was sick. And mm-hmm. so um, and a gaming founder had pitched her recently and was like, yeah, I know we're not curing cancer. And she was like, well, maybe... You're not, but like when I had a family member going through um, like a cancer treatment, mm. like gaming was what kept me like feeling alive. So yeah, I would say even if it doesn't seem like it's that impactful, like it's still impactful. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, thank you. Appreciate for the the kind note. Of, I think on that note, I think I want to wrap the episode. And uh, thank you, Catherine, again. And folks, appreciate you for tuning in to this episode. Uh we have awesome founders like Catherine coming to the show in the next few weeks to share all things about YC and their personal experiences of building ambitious startups. Uh until then, like, you know, cheers and stay tuned for the next one.
1: Thank you. Take care guys.
0: Bye.